Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture, coming to you today live from Canada's Farm Show in Regina. Coming up on today's program, we will have plenty of stories out of Regina, of course, with Canada's Farm Show just kicking off day one. And hopefully we'll be able to squeeze in our regular interview when it comes to the a weekly overview of the wheat market with Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. So Canada's Farm Show and much, much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And now, Phil, we got some showers uh, overnight. The uh, sun is trying to peak through right now. Can we expect any more showers as the day goes on? Yeah, looking around, there are a few. Uh, the heaviest of them, though, well off to the east. Those are not a factor for us. It's the spotty, lighter ones that are around. Even a few, we'll say, almost moderate. I may be overstating what's there, but uh, these will roll through next few hours or so. And then uh, once we get into the later part of the day, into the evening, this activity should die down. In fact, I think it's gone before we get to the evening, probably four, maybe 5 o'clock. Uh, we should see the threat for rain really drop off to pretty much nothing. Temperatures, not bad. We've got uh, some low 20s this afternoon. The wind at uh, last check has been running pretty high. Averaging around 25, we'll stay in that 15 to 25, gusting 30, 35 for a little while through the afternoon from the west as a uh, storm system cuts to our north and another reflection of it passes to our south. It's that area in between that we're in with this shower potential. It's just a general light uh, area of instability, but enough to keep that shower threat for the afternoon. Once it all goes by, we're partly cloudy for tonight and for tomorrow, a pretty decent amount of sunshine. Uh, watching another little disturbance that it cuts in from the south may bring a few showers as far north as the Trans-Canada. I'm not seeing anything getting any farther than that. So a decent day for tomorrow as temperatures drop off to near 11 tonight and back to around 21 through the day tomorrow. We'll stay in the low 20s on Friday with a mixture of cloud and sunshine. In fact, some drier air coming in for Friday into the weekend. Very little cloud cover at all once we get toward that tail end of the week. Once we get into the weekend, that's a bit of a difference, but at the very least starting it off okay. 22 on Friday, 21 on Saturday with a mixture of cloud and sunshine. And into Sunday, there is a little bit of extra cloud cover coming in, but still not bad with the temperatures into the mid-20s above normal for this time of year. And that's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Now let's throw it back to Evan Montgomery for the temperatures. 
GX94 weather roundup. Currently the Paw, 26 degrees. Swan River, 24. Dauphin at 25. Brandon, 26. Shoal Lake and Russell, 23. Roblin, 22. Regina and Saskatoon reporting 20 degrees. Hudson Bay at 24. Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, all 21. Winyard, Wadena and Kelvingdon, 20 degrees. Yorkton, Melville area right now. Mostly cloudy, wind southwest, 24 kilometers an hour, gusting to 33, relative humidity 60%, and in Yorkton it is currently 23 degrees. Back with Doug. Thanks, Evan. Yes, yesterday Yorkton reached a high of 22 degrees and dropped to a low of 15 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 4.33 this morning, and it will set at 9.08 tonight. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in 90 seconds time. All right. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. The wait is over. Canada's Farm Show is here. The 45th edition of the show kicked off yesterday afternoon with a sneak peek outside of the Saskatchewan Legislative Building. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt, Regina Mayor Sandra Masters, CEO of the Regina Exhibition Association Limited, Tim Reed, and representatives from Viterra and South Country Equipment were present for the news conference. In front of the legislature was a John Deere X9 combine with Canada's farm show decals on its side. Carrie Bodie with South Country Equipment says it's an easy ride. And in the past, innovation was focused solely on bigger machinery with more capacity. While we still strive to achieve this, we are using leading-edge technology to do it more efficiently and more sustainably. Information collected from this advanced machinery enables producers to manage crop production and make informed, data-driven decisions throughout the harvest process. Cameras and sensors on this combine allow it to work more hours of the day and adjust to changing conditions automatically and on the go without operator intervention. Saskatchewan is the heartland of small grain production and innovation is core to our culture. Our ongoing investment in ag tech will ensure we continue to feed the world. South Country is excited to be showcasing our equipment and advanced farming solutions at Canada's Farm Show, and we look forward to seeing you all there. Agriculture Minister Merritt says he looks forward to the latest innovations in ag tech that will be showcased at the three-day event, and he spoke of the show's importance to the province of Saskatchewan. Well, it's obviously very important to us because it does a number of things. Uh, when you see uh, agriculture equipment sales increasing, uh, and uh, Tim said something that really has to be uh, stressed and notified is the jobs that are available in the ag industry, whether it's ag tech or ag tech, uh, research or all in the innovation side, there is so many opportunities for young people, bright young people in the ag sector here in the province of Saskatchewan, and we're starting to see it through post-secondary education. Uh, I have the privilege of going to the University of and seeing what's happening in crop development research there too. It all ties into innovation through equipment and the knowledge base around it. So the opportunities are endless right now in the province of Saskatchewan in the ag sector. And Mayor Sandra Masters touted Regina as an agribusiness hub. 
that we're also a source of exceptional innovation and research and development that Minister Merritt was also talking about. If you want answers on agriculture in dryland farming, we really are the place to be. Uh, in terms of the Canada's Farm Show, 45 years in, we're incredibly proud of this show. We're proud to showcase this, to invite all of these folks into our community, but really also to be a place where $100 million in business gets done. And the kickoff didn't stop there as Viterra hosted an evening event last night to mark the start of Canada's Farm Show. I'll have that coming up soon. But first, it's time for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Beef and Forage Report. Spring is a great time to plan grazing management. With more, here's Kiana Bohr the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Outlook. Many Saskatchewan cattle herds are out on pasture and enjoying green grass this time of year. The amount of forage a pasture can produce is directly related to the health of the pasture. So an overgrazed pasture with bare soil, no litter and weed problems will not produce as much forage as a healthy functioning pasture will. Healthy pastures provide valuable forage, but they also provide a wide array of ecological benefits, including wildlife habitat, recreation, and carbon sequestration. In terms of grazing and management, there are four general principles that we usually consider when managing livestock on the land. So first is to balance livestock demand with forage supply. If the demand from livestock is higher than the amount of forage available, overgrazing occurs. If overgrazing continues, plants will continue to draw nutrients from the root reserves just to survive, and over time this weakens the plants. Next is evenly distributing livestock. So this means spreading the livestock and their grazing across all areas of the pasture. This prevents areas from being under or overutilized. This can be difficult around places where animals like to lounge, like water sources or shade, and these are common overuse areas. Rotating mineral or salt licks or even water sources are placed can help reduce the amount of overuse in these areas. Next is providing effective rest. So giving the plants time to rest and regrow is essential to maintain their health. Effective rest means to rest the plants during their growing season so that they can grow and replace the root reserves, maybe produce a flower and then set seed. Plants need energy in their roots to grow in the spring and they need this before winter sets in. Last is to avoid grazing during vulnerable periods. Depending on the plant, there are different times of year when they are most vulnerable. Typically, early spring growth, um, when plants are just coming out of winter dormancy, or is a vulnerable time to graze them. So if you have multiple paddocks, it's good practice to rotate when each paddock is grazed each year. And this allows plants to rest at a different time each year and are only grazed at a vulnerable time every few years. Cross-fencing is a great grazing management tool. It can create more manageable sized paddocks within large tracts of land, which can improve the distribution of livestock across the area. And it also allows you to rotate through paddocks to avoid grazing at sensitive times and provide other areas rest periods. Funding for cross-fences is available under the Resilient Agriculture Landscapes Program. There are two streams available, one for fences on native rangeland and the other for riparian areas. Both streams require pre-approval, so you will need to work with your local agri-environmental specialist. To get in contact with your local specialist, please call the AKC at 1-866-457-2377. This has been Kiana Bohr, agri-environmental specialist with Saskatchewan Agriculture. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. 
It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. EX94, AgriView. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt has announced $6.6 million in support today for innovative livestock and forage research being conducted in the province. The commitment provides funding over the next five years to the University of Saskatchewan's Livestock Forage Centre of Excellence, otherwise known as LFCE, an organization that focuses on beef, bison and forage research in support of the continued growth of the industry. The funding under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership was announced at the LFCE Summer Field Day presented by Canadian Western Agribition. The LFCE is a research, teaching and knowledge transfer facility that links research and innovation across the livestock production chain and enables innovative feedlot cow-calf and veterinarian research and extension. Research, innovation, and knowledge transfer are essential to identifying and supporting solutions to the challenges facing Saskatchewan's livestock sector, which is itself a vital part of the provincial agriculture industry. This also contributes to achieving Saskatchewan's growth plan goal of increasing provincial livestock cash receipts to $3 billion by the end of this decade. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau has concluded a mission to India, where she took part in the G20 Agriculture Minister's meeting and met with her international counterparts, senior officials, and Canadian and Indian agriculture stakeholders. Throughout her participation at the G20 Agriculture Minister's meeting, Minister Bibeau reaffirmed Canada's commitment to remain a reliable source of safe, high-quality agri-food products to the world and shared Canada's views on the importance of achieving more sustainable, resilient, and inclusive agri-food systems. She congratulated India on their G20 presidency and facilitating important dialogues, and also committed to strengthening the bilateral relationship with this vital partner in the Indo-Pacific. Minister Bibo joined other delegates in condemning Russia's illegal, unjustifiable, and unproked invasion of Ukraine, and reaffirmed Canada's commitment to working with our close trade partners to coordinate responses to the impact of war on global food security and market stability. The Ministries of Environment and Agriculture are proud to jointly proclaim the week of June 18th through the 24th as Native Prairie Appreciation Week. The Native Prairie is part of our provincial identity. It's a distinctive ecosystem that brings a multitude of ecological, societal, and environmental advantages while providing a habitat for several species. This year marks the 25th anniversary for both the Saskatchewan Prairie Conservation Action Plan and Native Prairie Appreciation Week. Throughout this week, they are hosting a variety of initiatives, including digital events and competitions. Manitoba beekeepers will be eligible for $7.5 million in support from the federal and provincial governments 
to rebuild their colonies following extraordinary losses incurred over the winter of 2021-22. There are about 115,000 colonies in the province, with 95% of colonies belonging to commercial beekeepers. Manitoba's honeybee industry experienced high losses over the winter of 2021-22, as did numerous beekeepers across Canada. In Manitoba, 2021-22 winter losses were estimated to be 57% of colonies. Normal losses are typically in the range of 30%. Purchasing replacement colonies is the fastest option for returning to full production capacity. Under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership and Agri-Recovery, commercial beekeepers with 50 or more colonies who are registered with the Manitoba government can apply to purchase replacement stock. RCMP in Nova Scotia are investigating after a transport truck crashed into cattle that were wandering on a highway. The driver was not injured in yesterday's incident, but the highway was closed for hours as authorities tried to round up the cattle. Police were warning drivers in the area to watch out for the animals. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. And that's today's Ag Review. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return right after these messages. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer, coming to you live today from Canada's Farm Show in Regina. And the kickoff to the 45th annual Canada's Farm Show wasn't limited to the Saskatchewan legislature yesterday. That evening, Viterra hosted a kickoff event of their own at the Viterra International Trade Centre, located at Real District here in the Queen City. Many exhibitors from across Canada and around the world gathered to not only network, but to unwind and have a good time. Real CEO Tim Reed emceed the evening, as well as Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt giving a welcome speech to the crowd. The CEO of Viterra, Kyle Jaworski, also addressed the crowd, especially on the recent announced merger between his company and U.S.-based Bungie Limited. I believe this is an exciting and historic announcement for our business. Viterra and Bungie are two global agricultural businesses with highly complementary areas of strength, expertise, and geographic footprint. Viterra's global origination and seaborne marketing network, along with Bungie's processing and refining, will vastly expand the services that we're able to offer to our customers. The combination of Viterra and Bungie will open new pathways and create additional value for our customers. We'll provide farmers with more marketing opportunities across our network, while end users will see an expanded portfolio across the supply chain, supporting food security in an ever-increasing and complex market. Together, Viterra and Bungie will play a leading role in the future of agriculture, developing fully traceable and sustainable supply chains, while creating a strong growth platform for each of our businesses. We are excited about the prospect of bringing together two businesses and what collaboration will mean for our farm customers, end users, suppliers, and the industry as a whole. 
And the cherry on top was honoring a broadcasting legend for his dedication to providing the latest in agriculture news for nearly 50 years, Jim Smalley. Jim talked about how technology has progressed through the years, both on the broadcasting side and in the ag industry. Technology has changed so much. When I was on the farm, I used an old McCormick tractor. And now you see tractors that are automated. You don't have to have a driver. When I started recording, doing interviews here at Canada's Farm Show, I was using, you know, like a box like this, a good-sized box. Now we can do it all on this. Oh, but this also takes pictures. The tape recorder box didn't take any pictures. You had to have a cameraman for that. So it, technology has changed, and that's how farming has changed. And that's the beauty of this show. That's the purpose of this show, is to showcase what Canada has to offer and what the world has to offer Canada. It's, it's a fantastic show. I want to thank you for such kind words. I just wanted to point out the technology. Uh, there's so many things going through my head. I started in Dryden when I was 18, and at CKRM, April 20th was my last day, but I still may be doing some other work on the internet. We have to just wait and see how that works out, but I'm hoping through CKRM that will come to pass. It should be interesting, and I hope I'm not giving away any trade secrets uh, to, uh, to the world. But uh, be that as it may, I've enjoyed my time. I've loved radio. I've loved, I've loved telling farmers the latest news, the latest innovations that are there. This is the show to see them. This is where they come. So I will say good evening and good farming. That's Corning, Saskatchewan's Jim Smalley giving a speech at a kickoff event to Canada's Farm Show which runs today through Thursday here in Regina. And it's time now for the Livestock Market Conditions. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for August closed at 169.70 today. That's down 202. October live cattle closed at 173.45, down 190. August feeder cattle closed at 232.15, down 277. September feeder cattle closed at 235.62, down 255. July lean hogs closed at 95.85, up three full cents. August lean hogs closed at 93.20, up 252. And that's the livestock market conditions. Now back at Canada's Farm Show here in Regina. It's day one of Canada's Farm Show. And CEO Tim Reed kicked off the show with a news conference this morning. As an organization that celebrates almost 140 years of agriculture, it's one of the very first and original agricultural societies here in Saskatchewan and, frankly, in all of Canada. We're very proud to be bringing this year's 45th edition of Canada's Farm Show back to Regina and back to Saskatchewan. Farm Show has been an opportunity for us to celebrate the very best and the brightest in Canadian agriculture. It's been an opportunity for us to bring people together to innovate, to educate, and to collaborate. This show, we're hoping for over 20,000 visitors in a very business-to-business -business focused opportunity. 
We're delighted to welcome more than 70 countries from around the globe to Regina, Saskatchewan, and we've already recognized more than 350 exhibitors to the show. From an organizational standpoint, this is one of the most important things that we do over the course of the year. And from a tourism and a visitor economy stance, it is something that has a significant impact on the local tourism economy. But more importantly than that, this is an opportunity for local businesses to connect with the world and to take their technology, their innovation, their manufacturing and their production to a global marketplace. What we do here matters a great deal. As we heard this morning from Premier Scott Moe, we do business in more than 150 countries in Saskatchewan, and shows like this are at the heart of what we do. He says it's great that the show is now all indoors. I, I think as a traditional blend of an outdoor and an indoor show, what we recognized when we brought on the International Trade Centre is that we had a facility that allowed us to do things that others in Western Canada per perhaps can't. There are some great outdoor shows. Our belief was we needed to be an indoor show. We're an urban show in, uh, in, in, in a great marketplace and what we recognized is we wanted to focus on indoors. What's ironic about it is I, first, I think going to my sixth year of farm show, my first three years of farm show, it poured rain non-stop and ever since we made the decision to move indoors I think it's bringing brilliant sunshine and I think that trend looks like it's going to continue that being said the great thing about being indoors is we always know it's going to be 20 degrees and it's never going to rain on us and so as we see the transition of this show around more around innovation and technology you can see it with a launch pad stage I think the direction that we are going is the right direction it is really about showcasing the innovation that we have in this province and making it available to a global audience technology stands behind all of that and as we have noted when you have more than 70 nations coming to visit what we give them to take away from this show in terms of a digital experience is growing just ever more important than it has been in the past so I it, it has been a change it hasn't been easy without doubt uh, it is different than it has been in, in in its 45 year history but I think as a show that's celebrating almost half a century if we want to embrace the next half a century of, of being a show for our community we we have to change with the times and I think we're doing that. Reed notes the number of foreign countries represented at Canada's farm show is quite impressive. First, I'm going to recognize some of the countries that have made a point of coming back often. And so I had an opportunity to meet with the Mongolian representation last night. Uh, that Last year, I got to host a PBR event for the first time. And I think when you take a Mongolian delegation to pro bull riding, like it's an experience like they've never seen before. I, they've been here for four years now. Their delegation is 12 people. And I want to recognize the fact that the relationship that we share between Saskatchewan and, and agriculture in Mongolia, which has some significant similarities, is four years in the running. Uh, I would also highlight the fact that our Ethiopian delegations have now been here for four years. And so we're seeing some long-standing delegations that uh, we haven't seen in the past. This year, I would say what a, one of the delegations that we're most proud of is we have a very strong Mexican delegation that's come to join us for the first time in a number of years. And given the amount of trade that we do with Mexico right now, that's probably one of the ones that I would highlight. Certainly a few others that we can add to the list, but I think the relationship that we share with Mexico is important to Saskatchewan. I think it's important to Canada. Strengthening that at this year's farm show is, is an important step in the right direction. And he says the show will have a strong digital experience this year. 
There's a couple elements that I think are really important to this. The Ag Startup Challenge, which I, uh, is, is kicking off today, is an opportunity for some of the best and brightest minds, not only locally but also globally, to come together to talk about how do we deal with some of the, the biggest challenges in the ag industry. All of that will have a digital opportunity. It will connect globally in terms of their findings as well as the process that leads them to the outcome. What we're most proud of, however, I think, is the launch pad presented by Deloitte. It's an opportunity for uh, a screen that is 140 feet wide. It puts the very newest of agriculture innovations on stage. We capture that content, we make it available to those that are on the stage for their announcements, and then we can share that with the world. And so although it is not in real time, it will be as we move forward. What we love about it is it gives perhaps some relatively small startup companies a huge platform to showcase their new thought and their new technologies and their new equipment. At the same time as some of our key manufacturers in Saskatchewan also have that large stage to roll things out. And so the launch pad is probably our biggest shift towards technology and, and showcasing new innovation. Obviously, in addition to that, we have some keynote speakers. We have some great uh, host panels that are talking about some of the most relevant aspects of the agriculture industry. But that launch pad is our big shift towards technology. Meanwhile, Canada's Farm Show Vice President Kirk Westgard says the move-in went really smoothly this week. Uh, the move-in was uh, really good. We've worked really uh, cooperatively with the City of Regina, Regina Police Services, and all the big companies, right? When you're moving combines and swathers and headers down the road and that big T-bin out there that is huge, you really got to work together to get it through the city, and it, it went really well, actually. But he admits Regina road construction has been a bit of an issue. Well, like all humans, we have our natural tendencies to do what we're used to, to fall back to, you know, where we don't have to think a lot and just go with the flow. But like everything else, we know in Saskatchewan, uh, summer's construction season, it's in the way. I think we're working the best we can with the city. We've got signage out there and we're working on it. It's a little slower, but like everything else we do in Saskatchewan, we find a way to get things done. Westgard then spoke about the latest in innovation that's being unveiled at the show. Oh, one of the best innovations is the one that's going to kick off the show with Honeybee. Now, because it hasn't happened yet, I can't talk about it, but it's going to happen this morning, I think at 10 o'clock. It's a great piece of equipment, and it really goes to show what Saskatchewan's all about. It's about being the first in technology. It's about that idea of continuous improvement, getting better, getting bigger, and really doing more uh, with what we have. So Honeybee's got kicks off the stage uh, this morning, followed by Do More Ag, which has, you know, a special place for everyone and that we all have to pay attention to. It's about mental health. It's about how we treat ourselves, how we treat others, and the peace of mind we have to have in able to get things done. And he's happy about the number of innovations that are being unveiled here in Regina this week. Oh, I'm ecstatic about the number of innovations that we have. It's about where we are, Saskatchewan. Once again, you can't thank enough about these Saskatchewan manufacturers that keep coming up with more sustainable equipment to get uh, the crop that we need to feed the world. The world is growing, the hunger is growing, the sustainability has to be here and we have to lead in Saskatchewan. You know. What you're going to see in the next three days on that launch pad, you're going to see the best in egg, but you're going to see where we're going as an egg society and what's going to come up next. So, yeah, I'm very excited about what's happening. And, of course, Canada's Farm Show runs today through Thursday here in Regina. Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up in one minute's time. Commodities Update. 
Canola futures closed down across the board today. July canola closed at 745.50, down 10 cents. November canola closed at 714.80, down $4 per metric ton. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 849 per bushel, down four and a half cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 836 per bushel, down six cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 695 and three quarters, up seven and three quarters of a cent. July corn closed at 643 and three quarters, up three and a half cents. July soybeans closed at 1477 and a quarter, that's up 10 and three quarters of a cent. July oats closed at 397 per bushel, down seven and a half cents. And that's the commodities update. Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture has provided his weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. U.S. wheat futures followed strength in the corn and soybean markets. Dry conditions in the U.S. Midwest and Lake States caused funds to buy in their short positions. In the significant purchases and trades last week, we did not hear of any cash trade as demand remained slow. U.S. export sales of 165,000 tons took the 23-24 season to a total of 3.9 million tons, which is 18% behind last year's pace. And some of the most important news will start in Canada. The Canadian spring wheat crop is in mixed condition. Manitoba's crop is okay overall, although dryness in the south-central region has a growing number of farmers there expecting crop insurance claims. In Saskatchewan, good to excellent ratings fell 6 points to 81% good to excellent. Alberta's crop is just 42% good to excellent. Canadian soil moisture conditions generally deteriorated over the week. In Saskatchewan, areas with adequate soil moisture fell by 10% to 66%. Moisture conditions in Alberta fell by 2 points to 28% good to excellent. Canadian week 45 wheat exports were a bit better at 292,000 tons for a season total of 17 million tons. There was another 424,000 tons of wheat delivered into the elevator system, indicating that exports will pick up in the coming weeks. And just a note on the renewed relationship between Canada and Saudi Arabia. Although the opening of the Saudi Arabia market to Canada is more important for barley, Prior to the ban, Saudi Arabia was a good outlet for Canadian wheat. Saudi Arabia brought an average of 3.3 million tons of Canadian wheat in the five years leading up to the ban. That was a yearly average. For Durham, Alberta Agriculture says 63% of its Durham crop is in good to excellent condition. Southern Alberta was the only region in the province that had improved moisture from last week. Soil moisture conditions there were up 7% to 30% good to excellent. Saskatchewan Agriculture says 72% of its Durham crop is in good to excellent condition, which is down 15 points from last week when they were last reported two weeks ago. Durham exports in week 45 were 35.9 thousand tons, which is still above the approximately 29 thousand tons of exports per week that are needed to meet the AAFC's number. Durham prices saw a move higher last week. 
We are sold out of old crop and would wait before selling additional new crop Durham supplies. And we'll move south to the U.S. U.S. wheat futures followed corn higher last week. Dry conditions in the EU also lent underlying support. U.S. winter wheat conditions improved by two points from last week to 38% good to excellent. 8% of the winter wheat crop has been harvested. The condition of the U.S. spring wheat crop fell 4% from last week to 66% good to excellent. This is still an improvement from last year's 54% good to excellent condition. 90% of the crop has emerged. And over to Australia. Australian farms are essentially finished selling their old crop, but new crop sales are thin. The El Nino is expected to peak during the most important growing month of September. In Argentina, dry conditions in Argentina are likely going to decrease seeded area. Bad said their seeding is 40% complete and left the seeded area at 6.3 million hectares, or unchanged. But Rosario GE decreased their seeded area to 5.6 million hectares. Rosario GE is expecting Argentina's crop will produce 16.2 million tons, compared to the USDA's 19.5 million ton estimate. And in the European Union, Mativ wheat broke the eight-month downtrend over dryness in the EU and support from U.S. markets. Hot dry conditions in the EU caused strategy grains to decrease their EU production forecast by 1.3 million tons to 128 million tons. This is 3% more than last year's production. Despite the recent rise in EU prices, slow demand, large old crop stocks in the EU and Russia, the upcoming harvest, and Russia reducing its floor price will pressure EU wheat prices. And in the Black Sea, Russian wheat exports remain steady, with volumes of wheat moving to Egypt, Turkey, and Algeria. A rare shipment of Russian wheat was exported to Spain last week. Russian wheat is being traded at $230 on a FOB basis, which is well below other origins, and is keeping pressure on EU values. We have heard that dry conditions in Russia's spring wheat area are reportedly impacting the crop, but we think this will have a small impact overall. Russia says they do not see any particularly positive prospects for renewing the trade deal next month. The trade is paying attention to this, but this sort of rhetoric has proved empty before. The floor price for Russian wheat was dropped by another $10 a ton to $230 a ton on a FOB basis. This allegedly does not even cover the farmer's cost of production. But harvest is fast approaching, and storage is tight. As far as the outlook goes, demand remains slow, and there is little, if any, new business. Black Sea prices remain at a considerable discount to North American prices. It is worth noting that funds were big buyers of new crop. The floor price of Russian wheat has dropped as harvest approaches and storage is tight. We expect their low prices will continue for the next few weeks. As for recommendations, we are sold out of old crop and would go up to 60% sold on the expected new crop production. That's Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. And that'll do it for me for my time here at Canada's Farm Show in Regina. Please stay tuned. Your agriculture weather is coming up next with Evan Montgomery. 
GX94 Precision Weather Forecast covering Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, and Russell Regions. This afternoon, mostly cloudy, 40% chance of spotty showers. Wind, north-northwest, 15 to 25 with gusts higher, high 23. Tonight, partly cloudy, wind west-northwest, 10 to 20, a low of 11. Tomorrow, sunshine, wind west-northwest, 15 to 25, high 21, evening low of 10. Thursday, partly sunny, wind west-northwest, 10 to 20, a high 19. Friday, partly sunny, high 22. And by Saturday, mainly sunny, high 21. GX94 weather, or GX94 weather roundup. Currently, the Paw, 26, Swan River, 24, Dauphin, 25, Brandon, 26, Shoal Lake and Russell, 23 degrees, Roblin, 22, Regina and Saskatoon, 20, Hudson Bay, 24, Broadview, Mooseman and Indian Head, 21, Winyard, Wadena and Kelvingdon, 20. York to Melville area right now, mostly cloudy, wind southwest, 24 kilometers an hour, gusting to 33, relative humidity 60%, and it's 23 degrees. Now it's time for the news and sports headlines. CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX94.